I don't know, man. They 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 royally fucked that up. Like they he was at the peak of his power like like three years ago. They could have gotten like a James Harden esque load for that guy in terms of just like picks and players and all this shit. Yeah, it was a weird way to say it. Yeah, I it's don't know why you said that. Like that. That was real weird. <laughs> okay, it's too that's late to uh, Jay's just out here thinking about James Harden loads. Yeah, that's and true. That's the title. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> should have seen tad last night you should have seen him at the end of the game i've never i he had to remind himself while we started watching the game that he wasn't at home so that he wouldn't scream shit <laughs> at the guys on the court and no at the, at the at the referees sure it didn't last long didn't well i guess those long. are guys on the court but i wanted to be clear it was Correct. not the players right well a little bit a little bit a Many little bit. Times, let's you be were honest, you but... were going at Devin Booker. You really were. It was. Uh, oh, wait, Tad, wait. I don't Tad think Tad I. Got, I, I was got sports muscles. Tad I was got sports muscles. I was upset. I don't think I was upset. I, it was more Chris Paul, and then oh yeah. no, Devin, Devin Booker when he uh, when he grabbed Matt Thomas. Mm-hmm. Didn't care for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. wasn't a great play. There Tad was a part was... Uh, in the first half. I think it was the second quarter when Devin Booker did like the. Just enough, and he did a fadeaway corner three, splashed it like it was nothing. And Bob goes, "Wow, oh, fuck, that guy's good." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm uh, very happy he's on my fantasy team because he's gonna fucking light us up." 38 points. He had a he had a great game. There was a was. point when he got 30. When he had 36, I looked at Jay and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, at this point, the game's over, so I just kind of want to see him go for a 50 piece." <laughs> it's true. He did call that out early. And he ended and he at 38. Him. Because Jinxed him. the fourth quarter, the Bulls flipped it, flipped on a switch. Yeah, but still and, lost. And Jay, are you zero and two now this season going to a Bulls game? Yeah, but I could have won. We could have won yesterday. That was the worst part, or at least tied it. We could have gone into OT. That, that was, was that was management. That was the most angry I was. It's it, at the end there. I had to hold Tad back. He almost jumped from the three hundred section. I was ready to fight. <laughs> I was going to fight Billy Donovan. He was going to go straight at him. It's like fuck it, bring Pete Myers back. Pete Myers wouldn't do that. Yeah. It was oh, uh, speaking of good, good coaches, did you guys see the NBA in honor of the 75th anniversary of of being around? Uh, they they released a a list of the best coaches of all time. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, you saying that just made me think of it because I I I, I want to. I mean, look. Welcome to NBA, the podcast that tries to talk about <laughs> NBA shit, but mostly we just talk shit. Today we did just like kind of pretty much just straight talk about basketball, let's be honest, right which is it. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes there's a lot of basketball to talk about. I'm your host, Nikki Keelas, a.k.a. Tyrese's PC's Halliburton. You're welcome. Yeah. And uh, also we have here tonight my co-host, my brother from the same mother, Hey guys, it's me, Jay, aka Karis Louzivert. That's cute. I enjoyed that. And Lose also, it. it is our brethren with less melanin. Hey, it's Tad, aka Evander Mobleyfield. I enjoyed That's that. A That's good a good one. one. All right. Um, no, you know what? What am I saying? I was going to say before we get into it, but no, let's get right into it, folks. Uh, we were just talking about the uh, the Bulls, so it's the perfect time to get into Nikki Keelas' random stat quiz. 
That's a, I like that. I like that. Thank you. You guys went to the Bulls game. We were talking about the Bulls. Uh, recent um, concussion protocol entry. Io DeSumo has recently been. Uh, yeah, they just announced that he's missing. I didn't the, know that. He's missing the Hornets game. He's going into so, for something from last night. And I don't Mother. know what happened. Yeah. But he's in concussion protocol, so he's not playing on uh, Wednesday's game, which has been changed to ESPN. Pretty cool. Um, but can you tell me? I'm sorry. I have, I'm rushing a little bit. Io has been in the starting lineup for the Bulls since Lonzo Ball is out. While playing uh, as the starters for the Bulls, he's gotten his most career points at 24 and then three times in a row he got his most career assists 10 11 and 14 can you tell me though what nba player has the record for most assists in a game as a rookie Ooh, most assists in a game as a rookie Doug Collins. <laughs> Doug Collins? I don't know. <laughs> Feels like the wrong answer. Chris Paul? Neither on this list. Wow. All okay. Right. One more guess. One more guess, and then I'll give you a hint, which I think will really help. Give me Jason Kidd. Okay. Who's on that? Oh, it's this list. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, there's. I don't know why I didn't go to that first. Mark Jackson. Ooh, that's a good okay. guess. I like that guess. I have to say once again. Oh no no! Coming in the twenty fifth, Mark Jackson had a game in which he threw eighteen assists. Damn. Um, but uh, it's, no, it can't. It's not Scott Skiles. I was gonna say Scott Skiles too, but that's when he was a, like he wasn't a rookie in that game. No, 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 no. Okay, I just wanted but to make. Yeah, I, I want to. to sure. No, no, it was not that game for Scott Skiles. No, and Scott Skiles is not on this list. Uh, say Scott Skiles five times fast because that's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> but here is your hint: the record holder also is a coach. Steve Current Nash, coach. Current coach. Steve Nash. New. Jay, your last guess. Current coach, rookie. Guess Eric Spolstra. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not an idiot. Current coach, assist as a rookie. Okay, let me think through the, the Billy Donovan. Coaches. No, he didn't play in the NBA, man. I know that. I'm not an idiot. Oh, man. I've got two guys in mind. One I really don't want to say, but I'm probably going to. Throw one of oh, them out. Oh, man. Boy, and there's a lot of point guards that are coaches, but it's not Steve Nash. Oh, fuck, man. I, all right, let's go Steve Kerr. No. The answer is, in 1987, while playing for the Seattle Spurs against the Los Angeles Clippers with 25 assists and 41 minutes played, Nate McMillan. <laughs> Seattle Spurs? You mean Seattle I Supersonics? Mean, Supersonics. What a, you know why? Right, you know, right, below, right fucking... below I see a Spurs logo. <laughs> wow, Nate um, McMillan. He is all uh, tied really quick. He is tied with a New Year's Day game, a gentleman by the name of Ernie... De, Gre- De Gregorio. Yep, there it is. Yeah, of um, course. 
1974 for the Buffalo Braves. Wow. Wait, how many did Nate McMillan have? 25 assists. Fuck. Holy shit, Nate McMillan. Yeah. Also, by the way, this 15 greatest coaches in NBA history, Eric Spolster was on the list. Well, I want to bring that up. I was going to say, it's it's perfect because let's – the answer – you know, that just go ahead and segues us right into the first segment, uh, which I want to talk about, you guys didn't know about, but in honor of the 75 anniversary of being a organization, the NBA released their 15 greatest coaches in NBA history. That list is Red Auerbach, Casey Jones, Pat Riley, Larry Brown, Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers, Chuck Daly, Don Nelson, Jerry Sloan. Red Holtzman, Greg Popovich, Eric Spoltra, Phil Jackson, Jack Ramsey, and Lenny Wilkins. Jay, let's hear your thoughts first on the 15 greatest coaches in NBA history. Um, You know, there's only a few where I'm like, huh. Not like, get the fuck out of here, but like, huh. And for me, it's Larry Brown. And it's Doc Rivers and Eric Spolster. Like, no, no, no shot at Eric Spolster, but like 15 greatest of all time at this point in his career. I don't know that he's that yet. Um, other than that, like, I'm not seeing anything like overly egregious. They all look pretty, like, you know, Chuck Daly, like championships, Pat Riley, championships, Lenny Wilkins, like all time winningest coach of all time until not too long ago. Don Nelson, like, is, you know, who Greg Popovich is going after. Jerry Sloan, like, long term, you know, phenomenal head coach. Um, obviously Phil Jackson, Casey Jones, like, you know, there's multiple championship winners on here. Red Holzman, that's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, uh, yeah, those three are a little, especially Larry Brown, honestly, like Larry Brown's a little perplexing to me, but, uh, otherwise no real issues with the list. Do you think Larry Brown won a thousand, he won a thousand games. He, I mean, yeah, yeah, 1,327 wins to 1,011 losses, a a career, uh, 568 record that's tough um, he also I, was an nba yeah. champion with the uh, oh with the pistons the that's pistons right that's right four eastern yeah, conference right. champions with the pistons the following year also eastern conference champions okay you know Sixers what i take that back one i oh, take he, that back yeah he was the coach that brought the uh he helped bring the sixers to the yeah with ai finals with ai yeah. and uh Matumbo. Yeah, I take that back. The Lenny Wilkins one, I again, he's longtime like successful coach, but like never really he never won a championship, right? I'm gonna look him up real quick. I, I don't think sorry, so. I'm not I'm not fast enough, damn it. I don't think so. Right now I, I got so you either. Uh NBA champions, yes. In the year Oh wait, with the with the Hawks? The, the Supersonics the, in seventy eight, oh. seventy nine. As a coach? So it says. Oh wow. Coaching record. Seattle Supersonics. Wow. Okay. All right. Doc Rivers is an interesting one too, but Doc Rivers can get the fuck off this list. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think he belongs on the list. That's it's an interesting. Strange. Let's one. see with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers also a thousand wins, right? Yeah, and I think honestly that might be like the minimum because like Jerry never won any championships, but like Jerry was like always like successful teams there. Yeah, one thousand twenty four. Like, hot take: No Larry Bird. No Larry Bird. Not long enough. He didn't do. He it didn't. Long he enough. didn't. He didn't have a long career. But I mean, those years in Indiana, quite successful. Um. Yeah, but he, I mean, <clears throat> he didn't do it, it long enough. I'm like it's three years, that's fair. three years, one Eastern Conference champion. His record was one forty-seven and sixty-seven. No, George uh, Carl, six eighty-seven, career record. George Carl, Sonics, Bucks, Nuggets. Weird that George Carl was left off the top fifteen. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that's probably somebody who maybe takes Spolstra out. 
Aaron yeah, Granite Spolster's got two championships, but two championships, three Eastern Conference championships, a career record so far of six forty two and four forty four for a win loss percentage of five ninety one. The best of the coaches I've looked up so far. I'll say that. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know what? It's 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 hard he has, to. He has elevated some turds. Yeah, I, it's hard to argue with this list. Remember I what think he like, did with Dion Waiters? <laughs> yeah, remember that? Yeah. Oh, that he was turned, the other one. I was gonna say Rick Carlisle. I'm surprised Rick Carlisle's not on this list. That's one, and uh, another is uh, no Rick Adelman. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's he a had good a, he had too. a 58 win percentage, and those obviously those Kings teams are up there with like pretty much any team in NBA history. And then he went to the he went to Houston with Yao Ming and T Mac and turned them yeah. into contenders. So Yeah, I was I, I'm a little I'm a little shocked by I'm a little shocked by George Carl and uh and and Rick Adelman for that matter. Rick Carl Adelman also took the Trailblazers to two finals. And Mike D'Antoni. Like no Mike D'Antoni? Mike D'Antoni revolutionized yeah. the game. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. You only get 15, right? Like, you could argue they probably should have added. I mean, it's weird that they said 15. That's a very specific number. Yeah, why not 75 NBA? What are we doing? They did. They did do all 75. They only. They they did do all 75. They only revealed the top 15 tonight on TNT. Oh Oh, no! But it says 15 greatest coaches of all time. Yeah. So that's the that's in the order. So do do you know by any chance? Do you have the rest of the list? I thought they, they did. Oh, maybe, they did maybe no. They only did fifteen. Okay, that's yeah, that's my mistake. Of, I read. Of the NBA I read. Right? I read this article wrong. Yeah, that was my yeah. mistake. Sorry. Uh, okay, cool. I was about to say they're all great coaches. I think there's maybe a few that I would have liked to see instead of like Doc Rivers, but uh, overall, I'm good with it. You know, Doc's got a championship. You know what? Based on what you guys were saying, this is what I think: D'Antoni not getting in, never won a championship. Okay. And he is career record of six seventy two and five twenty seven. That those Knicks those Knicks Lakers years hurt him. Yes, those those Knicks Lakers years hurt and him. And that a lot. that actually ends up putting him being a assist uh, well associate head coach <laughs> for, for the Philadelphia fifteen sixteen like where he's like really wasn't a part of it. And then yep. he comes back for Houston years and Houston years work out pretty well for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you take the Lakers next seasons off his resume, he's got a much stronger resume. But those those two if you take six, those two six like, destinations out of him. his resume, he has a better yeah, I was gonna say resume. those those two destinations definitely hurt him a lot. Yeah, so in his tenure with the Knicks and Lakers, his best season was the first with the Lakers in twelve thirteen. They had a five fifty six record. His worst in those years was the following season with the Lakers and a 329 record. But that's 13-14, so that does Kobe get hurt in that year? <sighs> Maybe. I mean, that was that was the year when they brought in Steve Nash and fucking Dwight Howard and they just imploded. Yeah, they were terrible. 27 and 55. Remember right. that? Sports Illustrated cover with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, and it was like, now this is going to be fun. And Steve Nash played like 18 games that year. I was just listening to a podcast the other day. Oh, it was Bill Simmons. And he was like, when are we just going to acknowledge that Steve Nash is cursed? Like, can we just, are we going to just, can we ever, like, he's cursed. Is that why the Nets uh, were beaten 28 to 2 the last time I looked? Not only that, he's like, look look at his entire NBA career. He leaves Dallas right before they win the championship. He goes to Phoenix, has the worst luck possible. He gets his first. He goes to the Lakers. That 
that team looks like a championship contender. Everything implodes. His back goes out. Dwight's a dickhead. Then he gets a head coaching job. He gets to coach Kyrie, and James Harden doesn't want to be there anymore. Uh, yeah, he's just he's 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 uh, he's currently cursed. it's seventy three to forty five Boston Celtics. Nine ten oh. left in the third quarter. Good God! So we'll see if they can come back. I don't know. Who knows? Ugh. Also, Ugh. Steve Nash left the Mavericks in two thousand four. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I, he did. I guess that is technically before they won the championship. It is before they won the championship. <laughs> Chronologically, yes. That I am right. You are wrong. Technically, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he just he 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 traded everything for those two MVPs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sold his soul to the devil for two MVPs and no championships. You idiot! Wow. Speaking of trading everything, the trade deadline's approaching. And oh, was that too good? Is it too good? What a segue! I'm sorry, God I should have kept my composure. It's okay, you got to be pros right. here, but that I was that was damn good. Very that was damn often, good. But I also know how to keep my composure. Wow! I can't let everyone else know. Whoa! I'm very happy with what I just did there. Damn but good. But since you're saying it, yes, I felt good with that one. Uh, Bravo. What is it? Thursday, right? Is the trade deadline? Yes, Thursday is the trade Correct. deadline. And so far, early trades have come in. So far, we have Norman Powell and Robert Covington going to the Clippers for, I believe it was Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, like a random, and, like, like Justice Winslow. Don't forget Justice Winslow, Winslow, you know. Oh, Justice. Oh, man. That guy's uh, a bum. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, and it's then, too bad. I liked him in Miami for a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, he was fun there. Uh, anyways. Then, Karis LeVert was traded to Cleveland the night after dropping, I think it was 42 on the Bulls? or 38. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. 32, 38 or 42. I think it was 42 points. Somewhere between 0 and 50. And a lot. Um, closer to a lot. Uh, he was traded to Cleveland for, unfortunately, injured Ricky Rubio and a couple of picks. So he'll be over in Cleveland helping Jared Allen and... Uh, I almost said Karis LeVert. He's just been added. He'll be helping out um, <laughs> Darius Garland. Uh, and then CJ McCollum was traded to New Orleans as well as uh, he was traded with uh, Larry Nance Jr. for Josh Hart and some picks. Uh, that's hey, some hey don't, some don't, don't, don't undersell the fact think, that the Blazers. Was it also the Alexander Walker the, was sent in that, in that one? He was. Mm-hmm. And the Pelicans also got noted zero 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 stat line stuffer Tony Snell. Correct. Tony and Snell. let's not forget uh, the Trailblazers got former former Bulls great point guard Thomas Zadaransky. That is very true. They got the Zadarans man, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> the Zadarans man can oh, man. He, he belongs in, in New Orleans. Orleans. Damn it! What? He belongs in New Orleans. He should have never <laughs> left. It's just it's a perfect fit. <laughs> um, and then also in a I, what I think is the WTF moment of the week <laughs> of the week uh, the Sacramento Kings sent Tristan Thompson how could they Buddy Heald um, okay and Tyrese Halliburton to the Indiana Pacers for <laughs> DeMontis Sabonis Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday, who uh, I I just saw a thing that said he's unvaccinated, which means he can't play for the Kings because you have to be vaccinated to be able to be in in the Sacramento court. Is that? Oh, I recently that saw that. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. I saw that I right as we were about California to come thing. On. I was hoping LeBron's someone else could corroborate that story with me. Uh, 
But I don't know. Let's talk the early trades are coming in before what end, whatever happens on Thursday. Who knows? It might, nothing might happen on Thursday. But so far, how are we feeling these trades? Tad, let's go. You, what's your big trade of the night? Well, let's start with the Trailblazers so and the Pelicans. How are you feeling these things? Uh, like, I, Jay's going to make the point that, oh, they got C.J. McCollum to fucking bolster the lineup for or to 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 show zion that they're willing to do some things to to get him some help the problem is fucking pork chop isn't going to play another game in the nba so it doesn't matter what they do to keep zion around he gone uh i'm sorry you can't he's had an ankle injury in college he's had two foot injuries and he seems unwilling to lose the weight that is putting all this stress on his lower body. The next thing that's going to go are the knees. And then we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about how Zion Williamson, Sean Kemp his way out of the league. And it's really fucking sad because he's really fucking talented, but I don't care that, that I, I don't know. You know, they are in new Orleans, you know, maybe it's a voodoo situation. Franchise is cursed. Um, like I also feel like what, like did the, did the Blazers really get enough for CJ McCollum? Like, I have to think that there were <clears throat> better trade offers out there. They got two second round picks, which are obviously useful assets when trying to, like, you know, take on expiring contracts or, you know, move things around. Like, a team maybe that is a contender that's strapped for cash doesn't really want to pay a first round draft pick. So, you know, maybe they get, they, they, take on a bunch of, uh, of second round picks. So they have a little more cap flexibility, things of that nature. But I just, I feel like there had to be more out there for CJ McCollum. Um, that is a player that a lot of teams could use. I also just feel bad, man. He's got to go fucking play in new Orleans. Like who wants to play in fucking new Orleans? Um, yeah, I guess it'd be good. It, it fair. Zion Williamson will tell you that much. Um, I'm going to take shots at Zion Williamson as much as I possibly can. But uh, I'm just waiting in the mist. Uh, yeah, whatever. I, I, you get some wing help for Brandon Ingram. He doesn't have to do everything while Zion Williamson sits on the the bench and eats gumbo or whatever he does while he's not playing in games. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like the Blazers could have gotten more, but whatever. This is kind of what it is. The Blazers are obviously blowing things up. They probably should have done it sooner. But now here we are. <coughs> Jay, what you think? Yeah, yeah, I have many thoughts on this trade. Um, so, in this trade, the Blazers get a t- uh, protected first round pick for twenty twenty two, top four protected. So, as long as it falls within five to fourteen, they're gonna get it. Chances are they're probably gonna recoup that that pick with the with like I don't know the potential imploding of this New Orleans team. So, um, there's that right. So, if you're looking at for this this from the Blazers' perspective, they were blowing it up. We knew that when they traded Norm Powell, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, CJ, they probably got a, couldn't have got could have gotten a lot more for CJ like three years ago, but they chose to keep him. This is what the market says he's worth, um, and, and this is what they get for him. I really like Josh Hart, um, and Nikhil uh, Walker Alexander. Like he had some 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 bright spots in his rookie season and a little bit in his in his uh in his sophomore season. Josh Hart's been a really solid like three and D guy for them since he came there from the Lakers, and even in the Lakers, he was more of their he was one of their more serviceable, uh, you know, kind of like bench six man types um but look they're blowing it up they're just acquiring assets they're acquiring young guys who are cheap and they're acquiring picks this is what they do from the side of the pelicans like 
CJ still got two more years on his contract. Um, you're an idiot if you think Zion's not picking up his extension and if you think the Pelicans aren't going to offer him that extension. They are not going to let him walk and he is going to secure that bag and then figure out what he wants to do later. Anybody who thinks otherwise, nobody with the money that the NBA is throwing around, nobody is walking away from their rookie extension. They will not, he would not, he would be stupid, stupid after an, a fully injured season and last season to walk away from that rookie extension. He will be signing that extension. He's locked up. Brandon Ingram's locked up. Jonas Valanciunas has been great for them this year. And need I remind you, we had this same conversation during the trade deadline last year, you fucking morons. There's a play-in tournament. They're currently slotted at the 10 spot. CJ McCollum makes them better, which gives them a chance to make the playoffs, which shows Zion, for whatever you want to say about Zion, shows them that they're committed to winning. And increases the potential that not only he signs but that he's pot committed moving forward this is a move that you have to do to make your team competitive and cj mccollum is a major upgrade for them he's a guy who can get his own shot he can be your playmaker you now get deontay graham coming off the bench as opposed to being your starting point guard this is a major upgrade for the pelicans i don't see how this is a bad trade for them in any capacity they lose josh hart and a first round pick which if this all works out the blazers won't even get anyways I'm not saying that Zion Williamson isn't going to resign, like, isn't going to accept a rookie contract extension because he pretty much has to because he'll be a restricted free agent the way that the NBA works with that stuff. I'm saying that Zion Williamson's fat ass isn't ever going to get himself in good enough shape to play a full NBA season, let alone maybe play another game. I think, I think you're wrong. I think you're very wrong. I think you're wrong. Yeah, that was evident by the fact that you just yelled at us. Very you, Let's move on over, over to the other Portland trade. How are we feeling Norman Powell to the Clippers for Eric Bledsoe and what was it again? Um, Justice Winslow and then some other stuff. Keon Clark. And some Keon Clark's still in the NBA. Oh, look at that. Or Keon. Oh, and, uh, and Robert uh, Dooling. Keon Dooling. Uh, Keon, also, Keon Johnson. Sorry. Keon, Keon Clark. Johnson. Oh, okay. man. Keon Clark. That was I loved that guy when he was with the Kings back in the day. I was going to say, I don't think he was in the league. Um, he's got dude that guy's got to be 55 years old sorry nikki go ahead no it's okay i was just gonna say this um for norman powell's first game as a clipper he scored 28 points so in a win so what do we think about this trade jay go for it this one was absolutely like a shit trade just like i mean compared to the trade for cj this is so much worse like the what what makes this the most egregious the most egregious is that they had Gary Clint, Gary Clint, Gary Trent, like controlled because they drafted him. They had his rights and could have kept him on a very team friendly deal. They instead trade him to Toronto for Norman Powell, and then they signed him to a five year, ninety million dollar deal to then trade him in the same season. It's just it's mismanagement. On the Blazers' end, when you could have had a, a, a younger guy who is team-controlled, who is going to be much cheaper, like much, much cheaper, who is like having a good season for Toronto, like is a f- good fucking player, and you fucking trade Robert – and Robert Covington's like – at this point in Robert Covington's career, he's just a contract. Like he's nothing else but a contract. He just he's, – he's in every trade because his contract is just very tradable. Like it just is. Now, that being said, I still think Robert Covington's a serviceable – NBA player, but like he's just he's contract fodder because like they had to figure out a way to get Eric Bledsoe off their books. Like, because Eric Bledsoe also is shitty signing for them or trade for them. Like, I just 
this trade was so bad, so bad for Portland. Like, I, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, and then for the Clippers, like to bring Norman Powell in, like if if by some miracle, because I don't think it's gonna happen, but Norman Powell's like he's locked in for the next couple of years. If next season Kawhi and Paul George can come back healthy with Norman Powell like being your sixth man and being like a major scoring punch, because the problem with the Clippers is beyond those two guys, they don't really have any guys who can put it in the in the basket. Like they don't really have anybody else. And so like to bring Norman Powell in, who like is a very good scorer in the NBA. Like he has been for the last three seasons to have that guy be like your sixth man kind of like volume score off the bench next to, and potentially playing in like a small lineup with Kawhi and Paul George. I don't love this trade for this season. This for this season is just a wash, but for next season, I fucking love it for the Clippers. Yeah. And I will say this before we go over to Ted, it does, you know, it does kind of show the Clippers are willing to win, which is like, maybe they can get like, I don't know what their books are looking like, but you know, maybe they can get one other, not star, but serviceable piece that would help them next year in free agency or something. Uh, Ted, what do you think so far about the, this Clippers trade? What's your thoughts? Uh, the Clippers are currently eighth in the West and have the opportunity to make the playoffs and then get Kawhi back and potentially make some noise in the playoffs if he's uh, able to come back. So <clears throat> this is a good move for them. Um, I do want to re- re- rebut a couple things, though. Number one. Gary Trent Jr. signed a contract with the Raptors that was paying him a similar average value as Norman Powell. So, like, in hindsight, is that trade really that bad? No. Yes, kind of. I don't know. It's sort of a wash. Um, they're pretty comparable players. Norman Powell probably has a, a slight edge on the offensive end. But <clears throat> either way, um, here's the thing. Here's why, here's why they got Eric Bledsoe. They needed to match salaries. And Eric Bledsoe is a player who you can put on the floor who is not going to, he's not going to win you any games, but he's still like at least like a somewhat entertaining player to watch. And it's a way for them to have like, you know, a, like a, a decent player while also just committing to losing games. He's only under, he's only under contract for the next two seasons. So who gives a shit? Put Eric Bledsoe out there, let him get 25 a night put up a bunch of numbers on a fucking terrible team and they'll just keep losing games. This is a calculated move for the future. They're they're acquiring assets. They've got they got the first round pick from New Orleans. They got a bunch of second round picks now that are easily movable assets. Uh they've unloaded pretty much all their young talent. I'm curious to see what the hell happens to Dame. I'm guessing that they'll probably try to find a way to trade him either at the deadline or in the off season. Well, I, I, well the, I guess I don't the know the NBA you like, can't trade a, injured players. So I, I well, don't know if he Well, you can. It happens. Like it, there's, it's going to happen in this trade deadline. I'm sure there's going to be a few guys that get traded that are currently hurt. I thought I, maybe that's the new CBA is you can. You you once upon a time were not able to trade injured players. Yeah. I mean, there's rumors going out that like I will say this, like to that point, and sorry to cut you off, but like I just, I just had to make this point. Like in the current NBA, like you, you can, you can like rebuild pretty quickly if you have a guy like Dame. Like if they make the right trades and they rebuild around Dame in a way that actually accentuates his skill set, they could be, you know, a five seed again in short order because Dame's that good and he's still that young like in his prime obviously he's hurt this year so like that's why he's been playing so shitty but like there's rumors out there that they're trying to go get jeremy grant like there's other things that they're trying to do um and yeah i i want to say this too just related to the cj mccollum trade like them them getting larry nance from the blazers like i mean total come up for the fucking pelicans now they've got like an actual rotation anyways true i i I think Larry Nance is a serviceable uh, off the bench big man. So I, I love Larry Nance. 
You do love Larry Nance. I always have. You just, you really, you really do love him, which, you know, that's, uh, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't really have any thoughts on Robert Covington, Justice Winslow, just a guy that I predicted would not be that good in the NBA and surprise that prediction came true. So, uh, you know, uh, shout out my man. Keon Johnson, though I don't know anything about him really. Yeah, he, not uh, a thing. Not a thing. I know. I know he. I know he went to Tennessee. That's about it. I, I don't think. Oh he's yeah, a, he's a good. He's a real good dunker. He got drafted this year. That's all I know about him. That's pretty much it. Um. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. The Trailblazers continue to get worse. Uh, I think they're kind of on a race to the bottom, and I don't disagree with you that they could probably build around Dame if they made the right moves. Here's the problem. They didn't have the assets to make the right moves, so this is pretty much what you have to do. Like They they, they didn't have anything viable to move around in order to build a competent team around him, um, and quite frankly, like they kind of owe it to him to, to trade him. Yeah, but to, I mean, to your point, though, like, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just kind of like harping on this specific point. They're going full tank mode, like, the top end of this year's draft is pretty solid. The middle's kind of meh, but the top end of this year's draft is pretty solid. And like, if they can get a guy like Chet Holmgren or like Paolo Banchero or Jabari Smith, like now, like now they've got pieces and they don't necessarily have to keep that guy. They can do the, the LeBron James, you know, Cavs, Andrew Wiggins thing where they can grab one of these guys. And if they don't want to keep him cause they want to maximize, you know, Dame's prime, that's an asset like that combined with some draft picks. Like now, now they're in the driver's seat to go get somebody. So like it's, it's an interesting play, but when you have a guy like Dame, who's 100% not playing another game this year, um, who's still in his prime, like sometimes you can do this type of shit and like Is just Nurkic rebuild. Or do you think he, they're going to ship him out? He's, I have a feeling he's going to get shipped out before he, Thursday. He's gone. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. Thought about That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't see how they both. I don't think I don't see how he sticks around, especially now that CJ's gone. Like, I don't, I don't see how he sticks around. It doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and and there's a team out there that needs him. Like, I can't think of one in particular off the top of my head, but like, there are teams that need his services. Like, he's still a very serviceable big man. Yeah. Anything else, guys, on the the Trailblazers tr- trade day? It's only been a, it's only been two days since they've done this. Since they've done this. Yeah, the I do want to say that the NBA has the second most entertaining trade deadline in sports. Two baseball. I was just about to say baseball. Baseball yeah. is is baseball. <laughs> baseball is fascinating. I don't even really yeah. like. I follow baseball and I follow the Brewers, and I pay attention. I can tell you players and stats and all that good stuff. But like, I don't watch a ton of baseball. But you bet your ass, I am locked in at baseball trade deadline day because yeah. it is fascinating to see what happens. Yeah, there's always just so much more moving in baseball than there is in any other sport. Like, just like, you know, pitchers that are on like expiring contracts and like guys are just like, oh, the team gave up and they want prospects. Like, yeah, there's always a lot of movement. I love that. Fucking hot okay. stove. That's interesting. Oh, hot stove. I like that. Um, let's move on over to not hold, uh, not hot, but cold. Uh, Cleveland. <laughs> uh, okay. They get yeah, Cleveland's cold. It's cold right now in Cleveland. Uh, but. They got a hot trade. I don't know. Fuck it. Moving on. Karis LeVert's going to Cleveland Cavaliers uh, for... Um, I've already forgotten who it was for, and I said it earlier. Uh, it was Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio and, and I think uh, some, some picks. picks. Yes, it was Ricky Rubio and some picks. Uh, what do we think about this trade for... Let's talk Cavs first before we talk Pacers. Uh, Tad, talk Cavs. Yeah, Karis LeVert, obviously a pretty good get. Uh, the fucking Pacers are clearly also just kind of throwing in the uh, the towel now, um, which like 
that's clearly the the right move. Um, I I don't know how I feel about this. So Karis LeVert is obviously a good get. Karis LeVert is a very talented NBA basketball player. I like Karis LeVert a lot. Um, Ricky Rubio was a good fit for that Cleveland team, especially with two young guards in um, in Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. And is a good mentor, a good veteran presence in the locker room for those guys, who is also not going to cannibalize any of their shots, any of their points, that sort of thing. Ricky Rubio is the definition of a pass-force point guard. Is that maybe because he can't shoot? Who's to say? Um, but uh, it will be interesting to see how Karis LeVert slots in next to them. Now, I know Colin Sexton's still not currently playing so that changes like that obviously you know kind of sets a different dynamic there Um, but he is going to come back this season the Cavs look like they're in prime position to make the playoffs maybe make a little noise in the playoffs they're a fun team they're a good team they're young that's the only you know question mark Um, but I'll be interested to see how it plays out I'm not I don't want to like this to come off like I I really love the trade or I, I really hate it I'm just really interested to see how it works out now that said the Pacers also did get um some assets. They got a lottery protected first round pick, couple second round picks. Um, and then the Cavs also got a second round pick. What's funny is none of the second round picks in that, in that trade were, uh, actually owned by either team. Um, the Cavs, the Cavs got one from Miami. Uh, the Pacers got one or got one from Houston and one from Utah. Um, but I mean, look, the Pacers are making moves they need to right now. They're, they're blowing things up. They're figuring out what you know they're going to do moving forward. Um, obviously, we'll talk about their other trade that they made today, but maybe Ricky Rubio will be a nice little mentor for Tyrese Halliburton moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Rubio is also another guy who could probably get traded one more time. Like he's out for the season. I, yes, I should have I should have said like, that as well. Like he, that's a contract. Like at this point, like he's he might get thrown into another deal before this trade deadline's over. Um, cause Indiana doesn't need him. And also he tore his ACL. He's out for the season. So like, he's not going to do anything for them. Um, I, I like this trade for the Cavs. Um, because they don't really have beyond like Darius Garland. They don't really have, because especially cause Colin Sexton also out for the season. Like they don't have a secondary scorer right now. Like not a reliable one. Like if Darius Garland's out of the game or hurt, um, their scoring load goes down. Like, you know, Evan Mobley's still very young. Like, scoring in a solid way, but like not in a way that he can like take over a game. Kevin loves had a resurgence this year, but he's not that Kevin love anymore. Uh, Jared Allen, again, another guy who can finish around the rim and like, you know, but he's more of a defensive stopper. He's not going to like light a team up. They don't have a guy who can go out there and get buckets. And like, some people will say that Karis LeVert is a bit of a ball stopper, but he's also only like, I think he's 25. So like he aligns with their timeline better than, like an Eric Gordon, there was a lot of like rumors out there tying the Cavs to Eric Gordon, who like is it is is somebody like he's one of the best three point shooters in the league this year. He's and like is seven, just okay. So twenty seven. So like, but he he aligns more to their timeline than like guy like Eric Gordon, who's thirty three, um, who they probably wouldn't have to pay as much for, or you could argue it probably would have been the same package because Karis Levert hasn't really been that popular since new since his time in Brooklyn, um, but um, yeah, like. I like this trade because it fits a little bit more in their timeline. He's a guy who gets to the basket a lot, which is something that, like, I think the Cavs have a lot of guys who stand around the perimeter, Laurie Marketing, Kevin Love, uh, et cetera. Um, but now they've got, like, a fun little core, like, core, like, 
Jared Allen and, and Karis LeVert play together in Brooklyn. Now they're back together in Cleveland. They've got Mobley. They've got Garland. Colin Sexton will be next year, back next year. Like a, a nice, like, honestly, I've always thought, like, over the last couple of years, that, like, Colin Sexton is, like, your prototypical six man. Like, he's a guy who's just going to, like, come into the game. You give him the ball. He's going to put up 25. And, like, that's a better position for him, I think, long term. Um, they're starting to build up a nice little core here, man. Like they've they've got a nice little fun core. You can also slot Karis Levert at the three. They've been playing Laurie Markin at the three a lot, which is not his natural position. Um, and so yeah, I I I like this trade for both teams. Like it's it, it accomplishes goals for both. Like we'll get into more Indiana stuff here shortly, but like they're clearly blowing it up. Um, but I kind of like what Indiana's doing. They're just acquiring assets, and um, yeah, I, I mean, dude, <laughs> this is gonna be the first time. This may be the first time that Indiana has drafted above the top 10 since like 1990 fucking or like since 1989 when they drafted Reggie Miller. Yeah, it is wild to think yeah, about actually. I think so. They have yeah. they have not drafted above 10 since that time. Do you think that part of the reason the Cavs made this move was because they sort of smell blood at the top of the Eastern Conference right now cuz they're sitting in fourth. They're currently tied with the Bulls. Yeah. Maybe, but also third. too, like I think if they smell blood, they go after a different type of player. I think Karis Levert because he's locked into a couple more years on that contract. I think it's more of a long term play. To like, hey, we can probably make the playoffs this year, but like we're gonna like build a, a nice little core here for more of an extended run as opposed to like you know a, a blip on the radar that is like just the twenty twenty two season. I'm also operating under the assumption that Karis or not Karis Levert, sorry, that Colin Sexton comes back for the playoffs. Uh, it's possible. It's a meniscus. It's, it's not an ACL. That's the one thing yeah. that I, I I'm I'm hanging on to here. It's possible. It's possible. Unlikely, but possible. Well, I mean, let's move on over to Indiana and finish off the trade so far. Demontis Sabonis is leaving Indiana, and coming on in is Tristan Thompson, Buddy Heald, and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, what do we think about this trade, gentlemen? Um, with Jay, right? Jay, go for it. Let's hear a little bit about your thoughts. Uh, yeah, the Sacramento Kings are fucking idiots. <laughs> they are so fuck. So here's the thing: your your casual NBA fans gonna look at this trade and gonna say, "Well, the Kings got the best player in the trade, so what's the problem?" Um, that is true. It's a win now move, Jay. Current day, current day. But if you have seen what Tyree Halliburton has done recently with the Aaron Fox out of the lineup, he's like 19 and 10. He is shooting like 40% from three. He's top, I think he's top 12 in both uh, three-point percentage and steals or assist and steals, one of the two. He projects to be a potential all-star long-term. He's 21. I mean, we have we have gushed over Tyrese Halliburton over the last two seasons. The fact that, and granted, that's a hard contract to trade. The fact that they decided to keep De'Aaron Fox and not Tyrese Halliburton is absurd to me. Is absolutely absurd. You've got like a real bona fide point guard, like playmaker in your midst. That guy fell to you in the draft. He was a monster as a rookie. He's got off to a slow start this year, but he's back. And you fucking trade him for a short term move. And I know I talked about the playing game earlier with New Orleans. That to me is a very, very different circumstance because like they've got to do what they can to keep Zion. And so like that's like, hey, we're taking a step in a direction. For the Kings, you made a short term decision. Over your long-term future, you've made this is one of the few good decisions that you've made as a franchise in recent years. Because let us not forget that you've drafted Marvin Bagley instead of Luka Doncic, you dumb fucks. And yeah. like 
now I this is just such a short-sighted trade. Now for the Pacers, I love it. I love I I genuinely <laughs> yeah, I, love what the Pacers are doing. I love what the Pacers are doing cuz they're they're rebuilding. They're rebuilding and like I said earlier, they have not drafted above the top 10 since like the 80s. So this is a massive opportunity for them to like kind of start from scratch, which I hadn't thought about that, but like kudos to the Indiana Pacers for being a a relevant NBA franchise basically since 1990. Yeah. Yeah. That's like not many down man. years. Like if I mean have been like one of those middling teams. And it was funny because like we always make fun of the, like the teams that draft between like 13 and 17. And when you were looking for an example, you always pick the Pacers because that's yes. just the, what they were. Always. They were like the prototypical like, yeah, they just always in the middle of the draft. But like, I mean, talk about fucking like an extended period of like not excellence because there was like blips of like excellence and then like mediocrity and then excellence. And then, but they've kind of just like stayed in that range for so long. Like you've got the Reggie Miller years in the nineties. Then you've got the Jermaine O'Neal years, right. And like the early two thousands, then you've got like, you've got the Danny Granger, Paul George years. Then you've got the Paul George, like David West, Roy Herbert years. Then they go down a little bit. We think, but Oh, they get fucking Victor Oladipo and they're a top five seed. And then they kind of like, they get some bonus and they like, they've always kind of like teetered in that area. This is the first time where we're going to see that organization rebuild in a real way. And I'm fascinated to see what happens. Um, but I love, I love this trade for the Pacers long term but they're they're picking a direction and that's what you have to do as a franchise i completely forgot about the victor oladipo seasons i was like oh that's right they were like a legitimate team for a second there yeah people were afraid of them there was like oh there's a chance uh tad what are you thinking of uh (laughs) kings there's i don't really have many other thoughts outside of what jay just said i mean the kings are yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say about the Sacramento Kings. A once, Idiots. a once, uh, a once thriving franchise has fallen on uh, years, a decade and a half of hard times, um, and that is exactly why they made this trade. The Sacramento Kings are currently tied with the Clippers for the longest playoff drought. The Clippers went from 1977 to 1992 without making the playoffs. The Kings have gone from 2007 to 2022. So there's some parallels there, seven and two. You see what I'm talking about? Mm. This trade was made for one reason and one reason only, for the Kings to make the playoff play-in game and, quote, end the playoff drought. You get you pair Sabonis with De'Aaron Fox. It's a serviceable enough duo that they could potentially make a run. Keep in mind, they're only one game out of the play-in game right now. So there's an opportunity there for them to make the play in game and end this playoff drought. At least that's what I'm telling myself because outside of that, I have no fucking clue what the fuck they're doing. Um, well, he's also really redundant with Rashawn Holmes too. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, my, my gut says they realized they weren't going to be able to make a trade for Ben Simmons and they're like, well, fuck it. We got to do something now. I, panic move. I, 100%. That's classic Kings. 100%. It's like when the Bulls signed Boozer. It's just like, well, we made all this fucking hoopla about fucking free agents. We got to sign somebody. And like this is this feels like that type of trade. And I want to be clear. I fucking love DeMontis Sabonis. I think he is a phenomenal NBA player. Like perennial all-star every year. I just think if you're the if you're the Kings, a better trade for you is De'Aaron Fox for fucking Sabonis straight up. Keep Halliburton in house. Yeah, I mean that like that's just that's the True. crux of this this whole thing is uh Tyrese Halliburton 
I do want to say you said he's only 21, but only for 21 more days, uh, and then he'll be 22. So I know tough, um, but yeah, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton looks like a guy who could blossom into a bona fide star in this league, and they can build around him. Buddy Heald is a serviceable enough player. You keep him around for wing depth. Yeah, I agree. The Pacers are making all the right moves right now. I'll be curious to see if they do anything with Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon before Thursday. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon moves. Miles Turner is an interesting one because he is hurt right now, and like he's got a history of being hurt, but he's the one where I'll be interested to see what they do with him. I have said that they, and and it's, uh, it's been recorded on this very podcast, that they would trade him or Sabonis and try to build around the other. So I don't know that Miles Turner is going to get moved because he's only 25. Like we, I, he, it feels like he's he really, he, yeah, he's been, he's, he's been in the league for like what feels like forever, but he's only 25 years old. So you have the opportunity to build around. He's, he's a, he's a, a at least somewhat of a threat offensively. He's a good rim protecting center. Um, I mean, he's a guy you you can have long term, and so and then you can pair you can pair him with a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, and then suddenly you've got a nice little big man uh, point guard tandem right there, and you can build around that in today's NBA. So I'm very curious to see where they go from here. But right now, yeah, Jay, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The, the Pacers are making all the right moves, and uh, the, you know they're 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 making moves that are going to set them up for long term success. So I'll be curious to see where they go from here. I also want to say too, like I wouldn't be surprised if Buddy Hield gets moved one more time before this is all said and done. Because they don't, they don't really need, they don't really need him. He's got a pretty heavy Where'd contract. You like to see him? Um, man, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. I mean, I know the Lakers showed a lot of interest in him over the offseason before they went and got yeah. Russell Westbrook. Like, but Malik Monk is playing pretty well right now, so that seems a little redundant. Um, yeah, but you can't count on anything from fucking Malik Monk. Yeah, but can you you could say the same thing about Buddy Heald over the last two seasons? But like, that's a fair I, I don't point. know. Malik Malik Monk is on the up, and Buddy Heald is on the down. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, there's there's definitely some teams out there that I I think could definitely use his service, like guys who could use his his ability to stretch the floor a little bit. Um, Philadelphia and the Minnesota Timberwolves are both two teams that come to mind. I was I I do like I do like uh, that. Um, I think there's yeah there's there's some teams out there like I don't know I, some of these teams just don't have any assets like Brooklyn could probably use him because they have no scoring with like KD out right now and like who knows what's gonna happen with James Harden but yeah. um yeah I don't know it'll be interesting to see yeah it's a very good point Jay let's bring that up because uh, uh, it's on the rundown there are rumors the trade has not happened but there's a rumor that uh, Ben Simmons for James Harden might be happening before Thursday but there's also a rumor that. The Sixers believe that he can; they can just get James Harden free agency anyway, so they'll just wait. And that's like a big, not a big deal. What are you guys' thoughts on this possible James Harden for Ben Simmons trade? Uh, Tangela, I believe it's your turn to discuss. I don't think it's going to happen solely because I think the Nets management wants to keep KD and Kyrie happy, and that's why they'll keep Harden around at least through the end of the season. Um, I think they'll make a compelling case to re-sign him as a free agent after the year, um, but I do not see this happening. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... I, we've talked about this trade, like uh, like this perspective trade, and, and Ben Simmons, like if he's going to go anywhere, that's his best. That, that's a that's a, a his best opportunity right there, um, because he's not going to like you know him clogging the lane isn't going to necessarily hurt um, 
you know, KD and, and Kyrie's ability to score because, you know, they can score from anywhere and, and do anything. Um, but I just, I don't see the trade happening. I, there's, I, I just, I, I will be shocked. Um, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility, but I just, I don't see Brooklyn going in on, on that move, especially, look, they haven't been, well, they, they haven't been at full strength all year. Harden's hurt right now. KD's also hurt. Um, you know, Kyrie obviously, you know, hasn't played a significant chunk of this season. Um, so I, I do feel like they kind of want to wait and see like what they have when everything is, is, you know, all systems are go, all weapon systems are, are fully operational. Um, I think that's going to potentially change some things, but I, I just, I don't see the Nets making that move, especially when you consider the fact that Ben Simmons hasn't fucking played all year and we have no idea what, you know, it would be like for him to, to come back, try to get, not only try to get into a groove with playing, you know, NBA level basketball again, but also then to gel with his new teammates. So we'll see what happens, but I'm going to file this one under D for doubtful. D for doubtful. I, um, yeah. So it's an interesting one because like, if you're the Nets, you can't let James Harden just walk. You just can't. And so it's and granted, there's always the potential for a sign and trade in the offseason, like with the right trade partner, so on and so forth. But if the rumors are out there already that James Harden is unhappy and that he doesn't want to be here, and I don't blame him. Like we talked about this last week, but like the whole situation's just fucking messy, man. Like he didn't sign up for Kyrie playing like part time, like just if like I'm not and mistaken, it, I think Kyrie's only gonna be available for like 10 of the remaining he can games. only play 10 more games the rest of the yeah, season because the rest the, they have they 29 19, games left 19 yes. of the games are all yes. home games so he, can he only cannot play 10 away he games. can only play 10 more games this season kd is still hurt with his i think it's an mcl is the, the issue that he has uh i mean if you're james harden like i don't blame him for like this is very much unlike the houston situation because last year like he was a team player last year, like played his role, like was nearly an MVP candidate last year, like did play his part and just got hurt at the end. Um, I do not blame him for wanting to be out of the situation. And if you're the Nets and you look at that, you just can't let a guy like that walk for nothing. To Tad's point, I actually love the Ben Simmons fit in Brooklyn. Like he's the third scoring option, arguably the fourth. You basically get to play like point guard and center. You can he can guard five positions, which takes a lot off of KD. He does a lot of things that they don't really have anybody else that can do that on their team right now, right? Like we talked about them a lot last year and how bad their defense was and like how badly they needed a guy like Jared Allen. This is kind of that. I mean, he's not a rim stopper like Jared Allen, but Ben Simmons can legitimately guard five positions. And so, like, I love the fit. If they can make it work, awesome. I I share Tad's concern about like his basketball shape. But I have to imagine that if his team thinks that he's even remotely close to like being traded, they he's been prepping and like trying to stay in shape so that he can come back and start playing right away. Um, I love the fit for both. I actually think I love it a little bit less for the Sixers because like James Harden historically has not played well with like bigs who now granted he has never played with a big like Joel Embiid, but um he's never played with a big who just like a back to the basket, like down low post guy. And so I'll be interested to see how that fits. Um, because like, this will be the first time and like, granted he's kind of second fiddle in Brooklyn, but like, this will be the, the first time where he's like really second fiddle to a big man. And so the fit concerns me a little bit, but if you're Brooklyn, like 
if it's not working and Ben Simmons adds an element that you don't currently have, I think it makes a lot of sense for them, especially if that guy's just going to walk in the offseason. I think the one other thing you got to keep in mind, too, though, is like, is KD going to be pissed if they let Harden go? Sure. And I think that's fair. Like, KD's been known to, like, want his boys to stick around, which is why they kept DeAndre Jordan last year. But, like, if I'm thinking purely from a basketball perspective, like, they could potentially get Ben Simmons and Seth Curry for James Harden. I make that trade twice. Like, I, I mean, I make I that trade that every fucking day. Sounds, every day. That's not a bad. Because, does that mean your starting lineup is uh, Kyrie when he can play, uh, you know, for away games? And hey, they're play- pretty shitty right now. So they might have to play a lot of away games uh, come playoff time. Uh, so you get Kyrie and then Seth. And there's no way that's like strategic on their end, right? There's no way they're like, we can't do home, f- home court advantages here because Kyrie can't play. So let's. Uh, Let's make sure we're not top three. Let's There's no way poorly. that's strategic. No, I don't think so. I think they've just been playing like shit. I'm choosing but, to believe that. Yeah, KD's, <laughs> KD's at the three, Conspiracy Ben Jay. Simmons at the four, and LaMarcus Aldridge at the five. Is that the 35 then? With Patty yeah, Mills probably. Your, Patty Mills is your six Patty man. Mills coming off the bench. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Who I mean, and that's got, a... Like, who else they had on their bench? I can't even think of shit. It's not good, dude. Like, it's, it's like much, Blake, right? LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, you know, it's not good. It's not good. They're we've talked about this. Like that team doesn't have KD. Yeah, like Claxton, that team's a bad right? team. Nick Claxton, yeah, yeah. They've got Cam. I mean Cam. Uh, what's his not not Cam Johnson. Um, Cam Jordan's been playing a lot more recently. Um, Cam Jordan. Is it Cam Jordan. I don't know. I think it is. Well, the rookie. Um, the kid from LSU. Yes. Okay. I don't remember his name. Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I mean. I like the trade for both. I think I like it slightly better for Brooklyn if it if it turns out to be what they're reporting. Um, but I tend to agree with that. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's move on over to Cleveland again. Not for trade reasons, but all of the All-Stars have been named 100%. I just realized I don't 100% have the list in front of me, though. But we already know all the starters. And then for Eastern Conference, do we got reserves? We got Zach Levine out of the Bulls. I know that one for sure. Sorry, I'm still looking it up. I should have looked it up earlier. That's on me. Ow, Jesus. Do you guys know who's who else has been in it? That's uh, let me pull it up. It's Darius Garland, Zach Levine, um, Fred Van Fleet. First time, yes. Oh, here I got it. Darius Garland. Uh, oh, here's the whole player pool now. I've got. Darius Garland's going to be, we got Zach Levine, like you said, James Harden, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Fred Van Fleet, Jimmy Butler, and that's the East and the West we got, uh, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, who, uh, one sec, he's out, but still, uh, Draymond Green, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Carl Anthony Towns. Draymond Green and Kevin Durant are out there being replaced by De- Dejuante. Dejuante. Dejuante Murray and um, uh, LaMelo Ball. Uh, what do we think? Uh, let's talk. What do we think about the All-Stars this year? Uh, any snubs to make the, not to make the All-Star? Or? The two biggest snubs got in the game because of uh, injuries. I disagree. Who's your biggest snub? It's Jared Allen. Yeah, that's my snub. It's Jared Allen. Like the fact that Jared Allen A did not make the All Star team and B did not make the All Star game in his hometown is egregious. 
The two biggest snubs that didn't make the All-Star team made it because two other players are not able to play. You can put Jared Allen third on that list, but if you are arguing that DeJounte Murray and LaMelo Ball were not both uh, deserving over Jared Allen, I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm not saying that either one of them don't deserve it to be there, especially in, in, in Texas when we found out, like, the All-Star game needs LaMelo. Like, yes. we need players like LaMelo to make that game fun. I want LaMelo in the game. I want DeJounte Murray in the game. I want both of them in the game. I just... I just don't. I I think it's crazy that Jerry Allen didn't make it. I'm trying to look at the All Stars to I see like say this. who I would have dropped with Kevin Durant being injured. Does that mean that they slot in Zach Levine because he is the two and Demar Derozan technically is the three? Possibly they kind of get to do whatever they want with they that. They can do whatever they want. That I think it'd be cool to just say fuck it and give him an honorary starting. Uh, spot. I oh I'll, okay there it is. I think I think that Jared Allen should have made it over Chris Middleton. That I won't argue with. I think he should have made it over. I think Chris Middleton, like, I love Chris Middleton, but I think that Jared Allen deserved to make it this year over Chris Middleton. Yeah. I'm, I would argue, I would argue he should have made it over Jason Tatum. Yeah. Jason Tatum. God. Jimmy Butler is, is interesting only because he has so many injuries. He's played so little games, but he's, when he's been playing, he's been so fucking good. He's been so good when he is playing. He's having, yeah. I mean, there's, there's nobody else on this list where I'm just like, no chance they should be here. Like, I totally get why Fred Van Fleet is on this list. He, I think he absolutely deserves it. He's oh, been the best player for the Raptors. I just think, like, and I love Chris Middleton, but I think Jared Mil- Der- Jared Allen should have made it over Chris Middleton. And in the West, like, I, I don't think there's anybody in the West where I'm like, nah, that dude shouldn't have been on the team. Like, no, I, I, I don't have any. I understand that one. 100%. Yeah, because, like, Cat's been great this year. Like, he really has. Donovan Mitchell's been a monster all year. Rudy's a monster. Devin, obviously, like, arguably should have started. That Andrew Wiggins thing is really. Tough. I was just about to ask, what do you what do you think about really uh, what do you think about yeah the Andrew Andrew Wiggins making the All Star team? Just curious, just curious. Yeah, we talked we talked about it last week, bro. Okay. Which team is Ben just Simmons really... going to play on? <laughs> the Nets. The Nets. Um, also, really quick before we move on, they also have announced um, the uh, team Durant will be coached by Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat staff, and the team LeBron will be coached by. Was the Suns, right? Monty Williams, yeah. Yeah, Monty Williams and the Suns. Yes, yes, sir. Monty Williams and the Suns. And then um, they also announced the the um, people who will be participating in the Saturday portion of All-Star. In the first thing that they're doing is the skills challenge. It's like a three-player team thing now. Representing the rookies will be Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. Representing the hometown Cleveland Cavaliers will be Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. And representing the Antetokounmpo's will be... I saw that. Yeah. So Giannis, Thanasis, and Alex Antetokounmpo. Of so the, weird. Uh, Such a hey, weird look, thing. there you go, though. Like, uh, Jared Allen getting to participate in All-Star Weekend. Anyway. Oh, There's this All-Star bullshit. stuff in, in Cleveland. I know, it's kind of a bullshit one. That's the first one. Second of the night, we have the three-point competition. We've got Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum, in the wrong jersey on the picture that they have on Instagram. Yeah, Trey that. Young, Fred Van Fleet, Carl Anthony Towns, and Patty Mills. Uh, any snubs in the three-point contest that you guys feel? I don't know if there's any snubs, but I could give I a think, fuck about yeah. the participants. I think it's fine. <laughs> uh, and then the dunk contest will be Cole Anthony versus Juan Toscano Anderson. That one it works. Instead of Juan, just Juan. Juan. Jalen Green and Obi Toppin. 
Is this the worst dunk contest lineup of all time? It's it's I don't not know a great about one. that. I don't know about all that. We've seen some bad ones. Last year was a bad one. I completely forgot about that. I don't even know who fucking won that. Who was who that? Hamdi Diallo last year? No, Hamdi Diallo was a couple years ago. Was it? Oh, fucking Anthony Simons won last year. Yeah, last year was a fucking joke. Last year sucked. It's, Am- it's I mean, Simmons. I know he spells it like the way phonetically it should only be. It should be Simons, but it is Anthony Simmons. Simmons. Okay, well, last year fucking sucked. This year is fine. Like, I mean, Jalen Green can fucking that dude can go. Like, I watch him. Um, the rest of them, I'm just like, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know much about Juan Scano Anderson's dunking ability. I. Obi Obi's got ups, but I hate big guys in the dunk contest. I've never enjoyed it. Really work. I, it's always like it's just like weird and clunky I, and shit. I also Cole Anthony Blake Griffin. to be able to dunk. Who? Cole, Cole Anthony got hops, dude. I mean, but, Cole can get up. I mean, I Cole mean, like, like for do you think he's gonna be able to do like a like cool ass dunk? Yeah, dude, he can he can jump he can jump out yeah, of the goddamn gym. Oh yeah, he, he can. Yeah. Get yeah. I don't yeah, watch the magic. Up. Come on, nobody man. watches the magic. People in Orlando <laughs> don't even watch the magic. Who do you think's gonna win anymore? In that one. Give me Jalen Green. Yeah, I f- feel inclined to agree. With you. It'll be Jalen Green or it'll be Obi Toppin. Here's the yeah, thing. Yeah. This is my thing. My biggest issue with the dunk contest, and it's it's not just um, this year, but back in the day, you used to get the dunk contest with like guys who like would murder fools in game. Like, how many of these guys have like posterized somebody in game this year? Obi Toppin, maybe. Jalen has too. Jalen's fucking like destroyed. I'm, yeah, I guess I'm sorry. Jaylen, I don't. I don't yeah. watch the fucking Which Rockets. Which makes you think of why he would, he would possibly win. I and that's why I don't. I don't think <laughs> I've seen any highlights of Cole Anthony doing anything. I I don't think so either. Yeah, but there, I don't think there was one game, one night this year, where I was just hanging out at home. I was bored, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm like I'm like who's who's on League Pass right now? Like what's the what's the late game? And I can't remember who they were playing, but the only game on, all the other games were over. The only game on was the Rockets and somebody. And I literally was just like, I guess maybe I'll just go to bed. <laughs> so, uh, it's probably that, like a Rockets Kings game. Cause I've that, definitely, that, like, that is probably, like, that is the game of the probably game. accurate. Like OKC versus the Rockets. That's what it was. It was Thunder Rockets. That's exactly what it was. And I was literally just like, "Well, you're the worst. You don't want these young kids to be great." I uh, no, I just don't. I just don't. I just don't care. Like I, I that, that's that's the closest I've gotten to watching a Rockets game all season. All right, almost, and then saying, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> that's as close as he's gotten. Perfect. All right, uh, what do you guys think winning the three point contest? Uh, Luke Kennard. Luke Lefty. Luke just lefty. literally just because he's left-handed, and so am I. Give me Fred Van Fleet. I don't know. Carl Anthony Towns. That's my final answer. That just because I want him to. Win. It's really just because I want him to win it. It'd be pretty cool if he did. I also just because it'd be cool to see if Zach Levine won. This is the third time he's going to try to become the first person ever to win a dunk and three-point contest. Uh, if he doesn't I do, win, I do want to see that too. I would like right. to see that, but if he doesn't win, how many more times do you think he's gonna keep? He's gonna try. I'm. I honestly was. I was telling Tad last night. I don't want him to play in the All Star game, let alone do this. Like he's been having back issues. I don't want him playing. Yeah, he really should be resting. Should be resting. He needs to rest. I don't want him to play right now. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Look at you thinking about your team. I'm thinking about a playoff run here, dog. Yeah, we got it. enough injuries to go around. The whole fucking team's out. Zach, chill, bro. Yeah, you're not wrong there. A lot of people are injured. Um, speaking of injuries, ooh, this is a pretty good 
Sorry, this is a good segue, so I'm going to do that. Bradley Beal is out for the rest of the season after having season, he's going to get season-ending wrist surgery. Uh, what are we? What is? What's happening in in Washington? What, what's going well, on here? There goes my playoff prediction. I mean, granted, Bradley Beal has not been playing very well this year to to boot, so it's not like it really adds any. I mean, it definitely takes away. He's Bradley Beal. Like he's still Bradley Beal, uh, but he's been bad this year um, for for Bradley Beal standards. Um, th- that team they fucked up so hard holding on to him for this long. They have royally fucked yeah, up. Yeah, they're the fucking kings of the East. What the fuck do you expect? I, no, hundred percent. It's just like <laughs> that Bradley Beal, and I love I like Bradley Beal as a player, but like he was at the peak of his power three years ago. That was your opportunity to trade him at like max value. Now, like if he's your third best player, you're probably a championship contender. But if he's your second best player, you're probably a middling team. Well, I don't. I mean, the guy was still scoring 23 a night on 45% from the floor this season. He does nothing else. He used to be a plus defender. He does nothing else now. I don't think he's, he's a, And he's a anymore. black hole. Like, he trying. used to be. He Well, sure, and that's probably He's having fair. the third best defensive season by advanced stats of his career. <laughs> well, well, well. I don't, I don't trust defense. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. I don't. A lot of that is 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 based on the team defense. I don't trust defensive plus minus stats, but I don't know, man. They 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 royally fucked that up. Like they, he was at the peak of his power like like three years ago. They could have gotten like a James Harden esque load for that guy in terms of just like picks and players and all this shit. Yeah, it was a weird way to say it. Yeah, I it's don't know that. why you said that. <laughs> that. That was real weird. Okay, it's too that's late. uh Jay's just out here thinking about James Harden loads. Yeah, and true. that's the title. Uh, well. <laughs> Jay and Jay and every Houston area stripper. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. Like, what? What is he? Twenty? What is he? Thirty? Okay. So, I mean, it, it's a wrist injury for forty more days, or left? for one hundred and forty more days. He's twenty-eight. Who are you? Days. <laughs> he's what on basketball on reference. They say the days. I was gonna say, chill out, Rain Man. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just yeah, we uh, gotta wrap this up because I need to watch Wapner. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, what, which, which wrist is it? Did it, did it, did it say left his left wrist? Yeah. It's not a shooting hand. Yeah. I'm not really too concerned about it. And honestly, the, the, that team right now, nobody wants to play with each other. Everybody hates Spencer Dinwiddie. Like it's kind of a weird locker room. Like I'm sure he's also just like, yo, this season's not going anywhere. I'm hurting. I'm just going to get surgery now. Just, I'll be back next year. I'll be ready to go. Like it's too bad. Cause my prediction went wrong. It's over now. I mean, look, it, look for a second there, a little like you were about to be right, but right now they're 24, Son 29, 11th in the East. They're only one Guys, game ahead of the it's, Knicks. It's Kyle Kuzma time, kids. It's Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma time. time. That's it. Kuzma time. <laughs> do you think when, do you think when uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's family asks about <laughs> the game he's playing that night, they remember that he plays for the Wizards, and so they're just like, oh, Spencer didn't win, did he? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, so Brad Beal won't be on this team this time next year. This literally, he'll be traded this time next year. I don't, I don't think he will. I really, I don't think they're ever going to trade him. You That's just like cruel. The, you live by That's the so cruel. By the Beal. But I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think he cares. I think no, he just wants max paid. contracts. He just wants to get paid. I don't think he actually cares. I think he's like, look, I'm cool with getting paid. I, if you guys can I, build something around, he wants me, to be the best great. player on a shitty team. I don't, and be I don't, the highest paid. I player. don't know if that's true, but I will concede to you that I'm guessing 
a certain level of apathy has probably set in by this point where he's just like, all right, well, I'll just cash my checks till I retire. Whatever. That's it. It's over. Yeah. It's uh, man. Yeah. I don't know. But see, that's a, that's the thing though, is like if, if that's going to happen, like his contract is up next year, like next year is the last year of his current deal. And so the wizards then have to make a decision what the fuck they're going to do with him. Yeah. I don't know. It's true. It's, it'll be interesting. They're just, they're just going to sign him again. Probably. What if, what if, and then after that, he becomes like Vince Carter, where he's like, "Hey, he can shoot the three. You can bring him on any team for till he plays." Least. What if he hadn't gotten hurt, and they would have sent him to Philly for Ben Simmons? Honestly, at this point, like, it's kind of equal value, in my opinion. Like, well, one guy plays and the other guy doesn't. So sure, well, sure. Now, now neither guy's playing. So. <laughs> ah, that's a good point. Thank so. you, Nikki. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think in the offseason that would probably that that's probably your best trade in the offseason. Now it looks weird, but yeah, what are you gonna do? Who knows? But let's talk. Let's end this by talking about something good. Toronto Raptors have been playing very well lately. I uh, don't know. They were on a winning streak. Uh, they are still on a winning streak. They still are they're on, on right? a six game winning streak six? currently. Six game winning streak that has put them at twenty nine and twenty three, sixth place, just ahead of the twenty nine and twenty four Brooklyn Nets. Well, they're about to be twenty nine and twenty five. I don't think they're coming back to the Celtics, which I have not looked at that score yet. Uh, but let's talk about these Toronto Raptors for a little bit. What are we thinking about the Raptors? Uh, was it Tad? Right, it's your turn. Let's talk. Let's talk some Raptors. We got All Star from Rockford, Illinois, once an undrafted player. Won a championship. Now and also Fred Van Fleet leading the team. That's all the stats I could think. Pascal Siakam's pretty good too. What's your thoughts? First ever, right? First ever undrafted player to make an All Star game. I believe that's correct. No. Pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, no. Ben uh, Wallace has made one, right? Oh, good call. He's the fifth ever. That's the that's the stat. I remember the stat, but I couldn't remember the number five. You're right. Don't remember all five guys though. Tadgo. The Raptors are regular season contenders. They are not championship contenders. And I like this team. They're good, but they're this is not a championship team. Uh, they recently beat the Hornets. They recently beat the Hawks. They beat the Bulls, who are obviously very injured. And the Bulls, that was a game where the Bulls took them to overtime um, and nearly won but uh, ultimately were thwarted uh, in OT. Um, they edged out the Heat. They beat the Hawks again, and prior to that, uh, they, again, edged out the the Heat. Right now, they're winning games they should win on this little six-game win streak, Um, but I don't think these guys have the horses to make it all the way to the end. This is a team that is a first or second round exit, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So are they for real? No, but they're good. I mean, and they're they're good enough to win in uh, a pretty... I mean, the Eastern Conference, once you get past a certain point, I mean, is just absolutely fucking terrible. But uh, they've lost. So they've had some bad losses. Like they got they got blown out by the Pistons a couple weeks ago. Um, they got beat by the Spurs not that long ago. They're fine. But they're, this team, they just they don't have the horses. They don't have the firepower to, to, to go that that far. They need Fred Van Fleet is a great player. He is a truly great player. They need a star player, and they don't have one. They don't have a guy who can take over and win you a game in the playoffs. The Toronto Raptors, since Christmas, have gone on two six-game win streaks, have won 15 out of 23 games since Christmas. Um, Regardless of who they've been playing, 
what they have done um w- within that stretch is awesome uh pascal siakam who started out the year like playing like absolute shit is coming back into form um he's averaging 21 a game um putting up like nine rebounds a game like he's starting to look like pascal again like he's actually shooting he's shooting 50 percent from the field overall like 51 percent effective field goal percentages his three-point percentages are still pretty meh um but like they're getting a lot of contributions out of a lot of guys. Gary Trent Jr. has been really good for them at 18 points a game. Like Scotty Barnes has been great for them. OG's putting up 18 points a game, and they still have a move to make because they still have that Goran Dragic contract that is just like sitting there. He's their Andre Iguodala this year. Like there's nothing that he's doing for them right now, but there is a team out there that absolutely like could use him, and like you could get something back for him. So like. I don't I don't disagree with Tad that this is not a championship contender, but like this is a tough this team is a tough out and could potentially make a move for who knows? Maybe a guy like Miles Turner. Maybe they'll go maybe they go get Miles Turner and they like they use that Goran Dragic contract and throw some picks at him and they don't really have to give up much. And like now you add him as your starting center next to Pascal Siakam. Um it gives you a lot more depth. Like I like this team as like a like a really it's it's one of those like kind of akin to like those those heat teams like pre Jimmy Butler even like early Jimmy Butler not like like pre Kyle Lowry where it's just like you just don't want to see this team in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a championship contender but like this is a tough fucking team, man. They had a rough season last year playing in Tampa and like they're back. They're back in a lot of ways and and I love Fred VanVleet. I I I I love OG. I'm happy to see Pascal's playing well again. Um yeah, man. I don't know. There's there's a move to be made for this team that could maybe push them to that next level. I'm really keeping an eye out on Miles Turner for them. Yeah, I, look, I, I like the team. I like the roster. I, I like literally every player that you just named. I'm just saying, in their in their current form, they are not a championship contender. That's it. I understand that. And even if they make a move for something like Miles Turner, I don't. I still don't know if that's going to be the piece that puts them over the edge. Um, I, you know, I, I will say that said, like that said, if things don't drastically bad. change for the Nets and the Bulls, who do they really got to compete with? The Bucks and the Heat, or for the for the East? I Possibly mean, you know, but but granted, with the the Bulls' current roster, they have like they they should be getting healthy at the the right time and potentially getting hot at the right time. That's what I'm hoping for. If the Chicago Bulls go to the NBA Finals, I will sell my car to make sure I go to a game. <laughs> You've heard your first, folks. I won't sell my well, car, but right. I'll try to find a way well, to go. I think with that, that we go to plugs. Follow me on Instagram at tad.hall. That's T-A-D dot H-A-L-L. Yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram, too. I'm not going to plug Twitter anymore because I don't use it. J at, uh, at J underscore Keyless. So you can follow me at Nikki Palooza, and you can follow the podcast at NBA Pod. Also for our TikTok at Valley Ghostbusters. Alright, I think I think we're good. It's first over an hour episode we've done in a while, I think. Uh for Jay, for Tad, I've been Nikki. And this has been NBA. I mean I've always been Nick be Nikki. This is this this has been NBA. Moving on. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Farewell. <laughs>